This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Uh, so the Eagles uh, win a game that they shouldn't have, and uh, looks like the uh, I don't know. I guess it really didn't matter too much unless they're outside of the top ten here. Uh, but it looks like they're going to end up thirteen or fourteen, depending on what the Raiders do here. As we're recording this live, it is BGN Radio number one forty, powered by Clip It, uh, Watch It, Clip It, and Share It. As uh, we're using that uh, a lot today, Mr. Matt Daring, as he joins me on the program. Matt, what's happening this evening? How are you, pal? Pretty good, John. i uh, got a lot of mixed feelings, so we're going to work through them here right here on the air. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, I've already had uh, somebody tweet at me and say, hey, you know, what do you think about uh, having Pat Shermer <laughs> as the head coach and maybe uh, Spags as the D.C.? And, uh, you know, Bradford is the quarterback, two big blocking guards for Murray, switched to a 4-3-D, and then... You know, congratulations! You've now built the uh, the St. Louis Rams. But um, yeah, I, I I don't know, Matt. I mean, I, I guess if uh, if they missed out on a top nine and it was like the between nine and seventeen, I think it'd be I'd be a little more upset. Obviously, we were all uh, rooting for a loss today, but I don't know. Was it worth it to see 
uh, Bradford, Ertz, and, and everybody kind of respond, I guess, positively. It's nothing that you're going to be able to carry over to next season. There's going to be a completely new regime in here. And I don't know if anybody heard Pat Shermer already, but they basically just, you know, Lou Brown, the whole thing about, uh, you know, do you want to be the do you want to be considered for the head coach next year? Well, I don't know. I got uh, somebody else uh, on the other line about some white walls. I'll talk to you later. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What did you uh, what you kind of take away from today? And basically, we'll get into a lot of the head coaching names that were in here this episode. And, uh, you know, we're in a draft season. But overall, Matt, what did you think of uh, today and, and what it means moving forward here? I thought it was a fun game. I wish it counted. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's really it. I don't know. I had a hard time enjoying it too much, but uh, I think as it wore on a little bit, I started to enjoy it more, and then I started to enjoy it a lot less. Um, and I think that that's probably how how a lot of people felt. Um, as for Shermer's comments after the game, I thought they were I thought they were a little interesting, but um, he didn't really say anything groundbreaking. He did say he thought that he would be interviewed for the job. I thought that was a little interesting because you don't just go off and say that. You know, I think he said like, "Oh, I expect to set up that meeting like sometime this week." Like that's sort of a funny thing to say if you expect that you're going to be like sacked and you know, told goodbye and good luck and also not good luck. So uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure. Uh, I guess that was that was probably my most interesting most interesting takeaway from it. Um, as for whether or not I enjoyed it, uh, I think that I'll probably go back and forth and I'll probably watch it a couple more times because it was a pretty fun game objectively. But I just wonder as the draft process starts to really grind up here, and it is a grind. It is terrible. Oh, yeah. uh, as and as the as the process really starts to wind up here, I sort of wonder if. Um, We'll look back on it and think it wasn't really worth it. I will say this, though. The Giants appear to be picking ninth, according to somebody on my Twitter feed, um, and the Eagles will be picking 13th or 14th. If they're picking 13th instead of ninth, that's not the end of the world. Um, it's not great, but it's it's like a, that's a far cry from the difference between like sixth and nineteenth, which we were talking Correct. about leading into this game. So uh, I think that's all I have to say. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye, Matt. Thank you. See you. Uh, yeah. uh, I think I think nine and thirteen, fourteen is still a little significant. I know it's like it's really arbitrary to be like, well, it's not a top ten pick, but uh, yeah, I, I I think that could come back to bite him in the ass, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where you, you know Philadelphia just can't win anything, even when they're when they're not supposed to win anything. It's um, I I think it uh, I don't know. It's probably an overreaction. I just feel like some of those guys that we've mentioned, whether it's Stanley or Treadwell or uh, you know uh, Miles Jack or any of those guys, that's that's kind of where they're going to fall into. So I you know there's still a lot. Of, it's better than picking twentieth, and I'll I'll just kind of hang my head on that. I want to switch the conversation over to basically a lot of things that we were talking about this morning, Matt. If um, anybody out there wants to catch you, it's also in our SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher feed of uh, me and James Seltzer on 97.5 The Fanatic this morning. Uh, we were breaking a lot of things down, basically, of the front office structure, how this is going to go moving forward, and a lot of the head coaching rumors that have already popped out. Doug Peterson was kind of out there this morning, then Derek Gunn said, no, that's false, and, and then another report was coming out saying like that was just – them asking Andy Reid who who he thinks the best guy is. He names Doug in there. There's, you know, uh, other people are floating out like, you know, Gruden and then uh, a bunch of other things and, uh, you know, uh, really writing the coattails and hanging on Lori's words of saying the uh, even retired head coaches as he did in the press conference. But uh, how do you think this ends up head coaching wise? And um, w what do you make of the front office situation that they're doing a head coaching search really without a GM right now? Yeah, I um, 
uh, well, I'll start with the head coach. I sort of, uh, I think that the you guys spent a long time on this, and I thought that this was um, not that not that correct. Um, that that the Eagles are not an appealing place to be. I mean, look, Jeff Lurie is known for opening up the pocketbooks. Uh, you know, he made Chip Kelly the highest paid coach in the NFL two, three, three, uh, three years ago. And, um, you know, I think that money talks, especially in a, in a, in a world like this, where look, you know, you know, you could be out the door in no time at all. It's not like these guys are thinking like, well, I might only get so many years here, but I might get 12 years here. Nobody in this business really plans to have 12 years at one job. That's not really something that anybody will plan for, you know, and they'll talk about it and that all sounds nice, but I don't really think that any of these guys have that in mind. I think what they're looking for is who's going to pay them well and who's going to give them what, who do they think is going to give them what they want. So, you know, I, I think you guys are sort of talking about like, like, wouldn't you rather go to Indianapolis? Like, I don't know. Take a look at the last guy who went to Indianapolis, you know, and you might say, well, he didn't do a very good job, but I don't know. I mean, maybe he did. He probably didn't, but you know, like that's not exactly like this plum, this, this like juicy plum to be plucked because look, the last guy, he got four years, he made the playoffs three of those four years and he got shown the door, you know? And I, and I think that, um, you know, just because Andrew Luck is there is certainly no guarantee of stability. Like this isn't some, some like shining beacon of hope for the head coaching search. I think that if Chip, if, uh, if Jeff Lurie, uh, Chip Kelly, if Jeff Lurie <laughs> wants somebody, he's going to open up the pocketbook and he's going to go get him. And you know, that's always sort of been his MO as far as this stuff goes. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident that if there's a guy who they have picked out, um, that they'll be able to go and get him as far as picking out the right guy. Uh, what do you think, John? Yeah, I, uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not as my gut uh, gut instinct and just to clarify we did spend some time on that uh but we were just saying between you know Miami Cleveland and here I think if it, in just in regards to Adam Gase I think that's uh, Philadelphia looks much more attractive to me at least out of those two other franchises than anywhere else and we we also agreed on your point just saying that it, it doesn't really matter as long as you know if they're going to pay him five or six million dollars just like you were saying man right out of the gate it really doesn't matter and that's what it's going to come down to everybody's going to want a head coaching spot in the NFL uh, no matter how they can get it so I'm not I'm not too worried that they won't find one it's just again you're looking at guys and I don't think you know um, maybe Adam Gase is the guy Maybe he is. I, 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 I thought the same about Mike McCoy in 2013. He was number one on my list. You know, he was the hot offensive coordinator. I still... Oh, by the way, I think in 13, uh, San Diego was probably the most appealing spot for a coach. Yep. You know, out of, all those, out of all those spots that we saw, uh, I think San Diego was the most appealing spot. Do you think they got the best guy? No, no, no. Not yeah. at all. Uh, and, and, that's, and you're right. It's kind of a crapshoot of uh, what ends up happening there. I think that Despite, uh, you know, Chip's ten, uh, tenure here and it was really short-lived, they still got the second-best coach out of that, out of that uh, you know, regime of, of coaches that were coming out of there for the most part. Obviously, Bruce Arians is an obvious one that's there. But you're right. I mean, that's – at the end of the day, uh, th that's what it – just, it's just when names like that, like, like Doug Peterson and like Gruden. I think those are some of the things that we heard coming in with the last coaching search too. I think there was – you know, Brian Kelly and Bill O'Brien were the first kind of through the door. Lovey Smith, Brian Billick. Um, I just don't see – here's what I don't see, Matt. I don't see a slowed down, let's get the right guy, let's make sure we have – we're going to go through the right process. I don't see that this time around, though. I see I see like this is going to be a quick, decisive decision, and uh, maybe they already have their guy in place here. That's what, a lot of what we talked about this morning. Do you see that as well, or am I reading into that wrong? I don't know. Uh, I think this may, this might fall under the getting mad about things that haven't happened yet. Uh, <laughs> you were umbrella. saying that a lot today, which yeah, it's not I, it's not it's not necessarily things that it 
haven't happened yet. It's to me, it's just what, well, I think could, it all what started could be with, the process. It all started with I saw somebody getting mad that they didn't think that Chip Kelly would have drafted Odell Beckham Jr. You know, and I sort of had to roll my eyes. But, you know, it, it's that sort of thing. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we've we've seen. And God knows they've probably been doing work on this for months. You know, some might say back to the Detroit game. Some might even say like earlier than that, that they've been working and trying to figure out who is who might be the next best guy, you know, for months. They can bring him in and they can talk to him. Um, and I'm sure that that matters. And I guess time will tell. Um, but I also think that once um once some of these guys start going off the board because look it's never it's never like a high it's never like a, a high profile guy who goes first you notice that it's always like yeah. um uh i don't even know well uh, the i first, mean andy reed was first, first hired the board last year yeah that's, that's true and i think and then i think it was like mark tressman you know like those are guys that came yeah. those are guys that came pretty early before but and that's how it is in free agency too you'll always see like oh two years six million dollars for uh taiwan jones but um <laughs> So, so, um, I think that I, and I, and, but, but I think that once some of that stuff starts happening, I think we might get a little squirrely, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think that we might sort of start to worry a little bit, but I mean, they're already talking to Deuce. They're already seeing what he has to say. Um, he's talked to the players, like everything to me says that, that they're gathering the requisite amount of information. Um, now you might say that the whole process is flawed because Howie is there and there's nothing I can do to make you feel better about that because I can't get Howie out of the room. But uh, nobody can. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> apparently, apparently, nobody can. Apparently, there is not a machine alive that could extract him from that room. Um, but uh, <laughs> alive. But um, you know, I, I think that. Yeah, I, I think that. Uh, it seems like they've. It seems like they've. They haven't really done anything yet. I mean, like, let's hold up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to wait and see. But it's what fun would that be? Like, why can't we panic about? Stuff that hasn't happened yet. That's the fun part about all this. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just think that there's uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of different ways that this thing could go. Um, the other thing that's kind of kind of uh, I don't know coming across my mind, and uh, again, it's it's worrying about things that had haven't happened yet. But with Bradford in that situation, uh, who I thought, uh, regardless of of the meaning of the football game, I thought he again played really well and had some great throws, and undoubtedly to me. Uh, no matter who the head coach is, I think no matter who they hire as a general manager, you have to keep Sam Bradford here. Yeah, and there's there's really no other easier answer other than, you know, having Bradford here, drafting a guy that the new head coach likes that can develop and kind of go from there. I don't – and you heard even Sam Bradford say today he wanted to test out free agency. I don't know if that's – I can't remember who uh, who had said that. So that kind of got me a little worried a bit, but I don't see – I see Sam Bradford 100% getting tagged this offseason as it is right now. Uh, do you see that happening as well? Yeah, I think that's pretty much all you can do. They can't They can't just let him walk and hope for a compensatory pick because that process is awful, um, and it really hamstrings them. If they do decide that they want to go out and get another free agent, they could say, well, you know, they signed, um, I don't know, uh, Gardy McBeef and – and because they signed Gardy McBeef, McBeef. <laughs> nice. they, uh, <laughs> they they don't get a compensatory pick. So, you know, even if Bradford goes out and signs a five-year, $125 million deal with someone else, you know, the Eagles get nothing for him. So that would suck. I mean, even if they tag him and trade him, which I also don't really think is in the cards, um, 
I, he's got to be here next year. He's certainly earned it. Like, there's nobody better out there. Even if you know, even if you sign him and then just sort of tolerate him for two years or whatever, if he if he begins to suck, it's 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 absolutely it's the right thing to do. I mean, you can't just look at the season and go like this isn't good enough. Let's roll the dice with. I mean, God only knows. Like, what's out there? You know, even if the, setting aside the rookies for a second. Uh, what else is out there? What's your what's your backup plan? You can't just let a guy like that walk out the door. And that certainly hasn't been this team's M.O. ever, as far as I'm concerned. You know, they've never really approached free agency. Uh, sorry, approached the draft having like a starter undetermined. So yeah. uh, I just don't see they, they, they won't let him go. I mean, I, I think that that's that's going to be a, like a, a silly conversation that we're going to have on and off um, as this draft process once again grinds up and. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you, you got to keep him. And and he he played outstanding today. This was yeah. a really good game. There were some really really pretty throws in this game, and that's stuff that we haven't seen guys make in a long time. Uh, so you know, as far as that goes, yeah, you got to keep him. And uh, one of those throws actually, we uh, we posted on the BGN radio feed. I want to just talk to you guys about our our newest sponsor, who we've partnered up with, and it's a fantastic app. They're just a year old. It is Clip It. You can check them out on Twitter at Clip It. TV. It is live television. It is live. Like no, there is no like clips that are being saved. There's nothing that's there. It is live television that you can go back and take a clip of thirty second clip in full streaming HD and share it with everybody. Like so, forget putting Vine <laughs> and your phone up to the computer screen. Or, Which always looks really good. Yeah, yeah. You can see the, the crack in my screen. You can see a lot of different things that are going. On. Even with the TV with the wavy lines. Yeah, you get to see the bottle of scotch I keep in front of the TV. Yeah, yeah. You, the dogs barking in the background. Like <laughs> this kind of eliminates all of it, and it's from the palm of your hand. You don't have to. It's just one step. You can go through the the entire Eagles game while it's going live and be like, oh, I want to see that throw again. I want to post it up for everybody. It is right there, up to thirty seconds in full, beautiful. HD coverage. Go check them out. It is once again Clip It. That's C L I P P I T TV. For more information, or clipittv.com uh, for all that good stuff. And uh, we thank you again for uh, having them par- partnering up with us uh, for the next couple of weeks here. And hopefully we can continue that because it is indeed uh, a really awesome app. But yeah, getting back to Bradford and just, you know, kind of the situation that you have moving forward. I, I, think, I think a guy. Um, and, and you were right, and, and Matt, you've championed this a, a lot already and saying that maybe you need a guy that is that quarterback guru-y to kind of shape the offense around what Bradford does best. Um, so I don't, you know, maybe Doug Peterson isn't that horrible of an idea. It's just that, I, uh, it's, you know, it just sounds really awful. Adam Gase is, is one of those guys as well. Um, I think I'd be open to that. I, I, it really doesn't need to be like a – I don't know. Is it? Let me ask you this: Is anything going to wow you uh, with any of the coaches that they may or may not hire? Off the top of your head, no. I mean, nah. I don't think so. I don't really think there's like a swing for the fences type candidate. There's not like a big time hot uh, college coach. You know, you might talk about Kevin Sumlin or you might talk about David Shaw. Those guys have, uh, you know, a good track record. But I don't think there's anybody like Chip Kelly out there. You know, there's not any like any like surefire hot up and comer you know you might talk about adam gase but even that like that sort of seems like a little bit of a stretch to me 
you know, after a few years with Peyton Manning and then a few years with or one year with Jay Cutler. I don't know. Um, I guess Hugh Jackson is the popular pick right now. And I got to say, I, I looked into him a little more and he does have experience working with quarterbacks. He worked with Joe Flacco there for a couple of years. So eh, kind of mixed results there, I guess. But um, uh, I do think that, you know, and he got a, he got a lot out of Jason Campbell, um, his one year yeah. as head coach, too. But um, I think that that's the that's the important thing. And I think that that's probably what Laurie's talking about with people right now is like, what kind of experience do you have actually getting a quarterback to go? Because even when you talk about Doug Peterson, which, by the way, I think is total BS. I think this is Eagles are interested season because the Eagles are such a unique. In, in, yeah. And it's such a, and that's true, too. But they are like a unique and sort of interesting organization. But uh, Doug Peterson doesn't really. Can you think of a young quarterback Doug Peterson's worked with? No. no, I mean, like if you want to, unless you want to see Alex Smith, who's he's kind of, I don't know, completely turned around. Dawkins, of course. Thank you. Yeah, off, as always, yeah. uh, uh, Colin asks, is Sean Payton a realistic name? I'm starting to think less and less that it, it's it's probably not realistic um, unless something changes in New Orleans. You know, maybe they fire him uh, tomorrow. I, I don't think that's a guy that. This is the other thing I think too. I think that they they want either somebody that is someone that's not going to battle Howie. I don't know if Sean Payton is a guy that wouldn't battle Howie. You know, that's that's the kind of the impression I get too, man. I don't know if you have uh, any takes on that or not. Sorry, no, I didn't not say really. You I, don't, um, I don't. I don't care for Sean Payton. I don't know. Um, something about him he sort of seems like a, an irascible type guy i'm not really sure that that's the sort of guy that jeff Lurie is like really champing at the bit to bring in here again either um you know and then there's all the bounty gate stuff and uh and i mean sure greg williams took the brunt of that uh, but i mean uh for real like i don't really think that sean pate could ever get out from underneath that sort of thing he's he to me is not like a really realistic pick um Plus, they're talking about, like, the Saints are planning on keeping him unless they can get a second rounder for him. Now, that might all be bullshit. And, in fact, that sounds like bullshit coming out of my mouth. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Not really uh, not really uh, somebody who's on my radar, to be honest. Yeah, and our good friend Kyle Scott had mentioned something about John Gruden. I mentioned that at the top of the show. Um, you know, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, that sounds awful to me that if, if they were to come in, but – um, I think John Gruden, Anquan Bolden. We get... <laughs> John Gruden's been the name for what? How many years now? Five, five, six, seven years. But like, yeah, you need to get a guy in there like that. I, I still don't think he's going anywhere. I mean, like he's he's you know he's happy at ESPN. I don't think he's going to leave anywhere there. But uh, uh, Matt, you also mentioned that you know, and this is kind of the thing that's been going uh, going on this week. And um, uh, obviously, there's still a lot of contract decisions to be made on who exactly is going to get paid and. Obviously, I think Jenkins is on that list. I'm not so sure about what they're, what any coach is going to come in here and do with Thurman, even though I, th I think he's kind of earned an, an extension playing safety. Um, you know, still a lot of decisions. One of the one of the narrows has been that, you know, the Eagles don't have a good cap number to work with, and I think if you just kind of go along the list, and if you could share some of the things that you were talking about, I I, I do think that there's a lot more cap room and a lot more optionality there than uh, than people think. What were you? Uh, what were you kind of looking at today? Oh, uh, well, I was on the over the cap calculator, which is a great website to go and waste a bunch of time on. But um, <laughs> yeah. they have um, they have like a little, I guess, like a little mock off season salary cap kind of calculator kind of thing, uh, where basically what you can do is you can go through and you could just hit cut, cut, cut on the, all these guys, and you could see what sort of cap situation that you end up in. So for us right now, we're at sixteen million. Um, if you cut Peters, I don't think that's I don't think that that's too too crazy of an idea. Uh, you know what? Let's save him for later. Uh, so let's go ahead and cut Sanchez. 
Uh, let's cut Cooper. Let's cut Selleck. Sorry, Brent. Um, and let's cut. Let's cut D'Amico. And we're up to thirty-one million dollars. Yeah. You know that's plenty of money. That that seems like plenty of money for me. I mean, you talk about if the new defensive coordinator doesn't really like what he has to offer, you could cut Barwin. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, that brings you up to 34. Uh, you know, if Peters has really played his last game as an Eagle, and I, I really don't know at this point. I mean, that that does seem that does seem that does seem a little hot, but I don't know. Reading between the lines a little bit seems like eh, it could be. Uh, then you're up to 40. I mean, we're up to 40 million dollars, and uh, we haven't really lost a ton of guys who like who will be that badly missed. You know, I mean, we're talking about Jason Peters probably be the most badly missed one. And he's he's been inconsistent at best this year. Uh, Connor Barwin, who is uh, Mark Sanchez, Riley Cooper, Brent Selleck and D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. I mean, these are like, can you imagine the team without those guys? I have a pretty easy time doing it. Well, yeah. And especially if they, I mean, like <laughs> if they do everyone's favorite thing and move to a four three, I think that pretty much, you know, closes the book on on your boy Barwin there. So there's mm-hmm. there, there's kind of that going forward, too. And, um, you know, you kind of look across. I, here's a kind of a. I don't know if they would have any value at all, but uh, especially with the draft coming up and most of the, you know, you're going to have most of the quarterback needy teams uh, drafting QBs early, but I think there's any value in trading Mark Sanchez at all. Uh, that would, Mark Sanchez trade would have to come late, you know, yeah. and at that point you already, I, I guess, you know, I'm not sure how that would work as far, because I would figure that Mark Sanchez would have to be like one of those on the bubble guys, like one of those like strange on the bubble type guys. But, you know, Mark Sanchez seems more like if your guy or your backup guy gets hurt in training camp, you know, you might send him along his way coming, you know, there in like August, July or August, like around then. That seems like the time when a Mark Sanchez trade would happen. But nobody's going to nobody's trading for Mark Sanchez in, in, in March. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, exactly. the, the league year opens and, and somebody's like, get me Mark Sanchez. So <laughs> uh, I don't really think that that's the sort of thing that would happen. But, you know, maybe I mean, Christ, we got something from Matt Barkley. So, yeah. you know, and and I think Sanchez uh, provides a lot more value than than Barkley does. So, yeah, maybe if we can get a sixth or seventh rounder for him, maybe maybe that's an easy way to kind of clear that cap room. A lot of people actually in the chat room on the Mixler app and also just along Twitter and just basically the whole season. It's kind of interesting how we I just let's take just a, a quick journey of how this ended up and our predictions going into the season and where it ended up now is so polar opposite of where we thought it was going to be, I think for a lot of people. Uh you know, there's some people that obviously was like, "Oh, I knew this was always going to be 6 and 10 and blah blah <laughs> blah." And like, yeah, this is this is crazy and just um, it, it you know they're also be better cut Kendricks. You better trade them. You better get rid of them because good lord, it's awful. It, you know uh, Mario checking in and you know maybe maybe four three is better for him. And that's what we ultimately said when hey maybe you can trade him to San Francisco. They're in need of linebackers. He, he might fit better in a four three. Uh, blah blah blah. But it's just kind of crazy how it went from wherever it was. We were talking about Bradford being completely. You know, a lot of people were like, well, he's going to get his knees gone. Like, this is just stupid. The sunk cost is in there. Sunk cost, sunk cost, sunk cost. And who is the one that's standing up at the end of the year? Granted, you know, he had the shoulder and the concussion, but the knee held up. <laughs> the knee held up for 14 games. How about that? So maybe the, the 12% out was there. Um, but, yeah, it's just like I don't know what to make of the season. It's It's just – just chaos really i mean like from from the the highest highs of from august and september even going back to mariota and that whole thing like i think we would definitely welcome that back right now uh over what's <laughs> kind of happened but um it's just kind of funny what one how much they 
a lot of people overvalue Kendricks, and then the extension came. He hasn't played that well. Kiko hasn't played that well. Uh, and now we're uh, – I, I never thought Chip Kelly would be fired, you know, 15 games into his, his GM regime here. But uh, I, I don't know. Give me your overall thoughts just basically on the season and, and kind of reflecting on this a little bit here. Well, I didn't pick the Eagles to lose a single game this year. <laughs> fired. Uh, so, You're going to be yeah, fired ho- immediately. Hopefully next year I can do a little bit better. Um yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride. I really didn't think that this would end up the way that it has, but uh, I think I said this last during the Chip Kelly gets fired podcast that you know I I really I mean this was this was a pretty bad outcome, but I pretty much understand everything that's happened so far because I'm so smart. But um, <laughs> no, but I mean uh, a lot of this sort of makes sense. I mean the the season it didn't really turn out that well. Uh, it seems like the Eagles' offense really sputtered. Um, that ended up being their undoing, which has pretty much been the story of them for as long as I can remember. I mean, dating back to when's the last time they had a really good offense? I mean, they had one in 2013 until they didn't. And yeah. then before that, they had one in 2010 until they didn't. Yep. And, uh, you know, and then before that, I mean, 08 was pretty bad. 08 was propped up by, like, low-key, one of the 20 best defenses the last 25 years or whatever, according to Football Outsiders. You know, 04 was good. 05 wasn't. Like, you know, we're talking about this, like, this is the sort of thing that will get an offensive coach fired. Um, you know, and as far as our predictions go, I think that uh, the defense played right around the middle of what we thought it would be. I probably was expecting a little bit more from Brandon Graham. Um, I was probably expecting I was probably expecting a lot less from Walter Thurmond. Uh, so, you know, some good, some bad. Um, and it all culminated in the coach getting fired. And that's never good. You never want to see that. You know, we got Chip Kelly's out there. He doesn't have a job. He has a dog to support. <laughs> a you girlfriend. Know, Ken- he has a girlfriend. He's got to worry about Les Bowen knocking on his house. <laughs> He's got to worry about Ed Henry the dog. Where's his <laughs> next meal coming from? So, um, but yeah, I guess I guess I was really expecting him to take another step now that he has his quarterback, and that was you know like a little little not the best. You know, the offense didn't really didn't get going the way that I was hoping for it to. Um, we saw a little bit of it today, but even today it didn't look that different. It just looked better. Yeah, well, I, well, I did enjoy all the takes of like, see, this is what happens when you give DeMarco Murray the ball. All under center, <laughs> under yeah. Center. Right. It's just yeah. like, dude, all right. And then he right. kind of showed up for the rest of the game, the, you know, for the usual part of the season. Oddly enough, though, I do think that, and there's a couple of questions in the chat room we'll get to in a second. Uh, I, I do think that for whatever reason, I, I think Murray's going to have a much better year next year, and that's probably just going to – that might just be due to, you know, investing in offensive line or well, whatever. Well, it would be but hard I, to be any lot worse. Exactly. There's no way to go, uh, yeah. but up. Uh, you know, the money and the contract is still kind of stupid. To the mean, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, I, I think that can be a positive. Maybe <laughs> that's a really bad positive to hang on to. But um, I, I guess uh, from from all things considered, maybe the Eagles have a quarterback. Yeah. You know, I, I think that I think that's for me. That's been the biggest thing to see that uh, you know, people that absolutely hated the Bradford trade and granted the, the ones that really really hated are still going to hang on to that but I the, the progression from where he started to where he ended uh, I think he changed a lot of people's minds I think that's an important thing to have moving forward granted it's probably going to be a new offense I know somebody had mentioned in the chat room that you know whoever comes in they really do need to keep elements of this Chip Kelly offense and yeah. what whatever we think of it there was still even on Bradford's interception with JPP's finger singular finger uh, you know that, that Huff was wide open. I think there's the, the whatever you can criticize the system and blah blah blah. And yeah, I think he got way too conservative this year. I think this was just 
this is just kind of a fuck all year uh, for that offense and how it was put together. But uh, I, I, the scheme still works. Um, yeah. And I think that whatever you want to take away from that, even though uh, I saw Shermer use, you know, uh, keeping two guys, two running backs in the backfield to help block. It's something that we didn't see with Chip Kelly. I think that's, a, you know, a smart thing to do. One of those. Well, one of them was Trey Burton, right, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's elements of it that you, you should definitely rip off and take care of. And um, I don't know, I, you know. We've heard a couple of things now that Kelly has interest. I know Florio's saying that the Browns are there and if he doesn't get the Browns job it's pretty much over for him in the NFL at least for this year but yeah just out of curiosity where do you think um how do you think Kelly ends up uh this year uh does he stay in the NFL yeah he does uh yes he does you want me to say Tennessee um yeah I don't think so anymore say Tennessee I can hear him going Tennessee Tennessee." (laughs) um I don't know yeah I think that I think there's a decent shot he ends up in Tennessee. Uh, you know, you can you never can overlook the idea that, like I said before, these owners are all very rich guys. If they think they see something here, if they and especially ones who maybe want to make Jeff Lurie look a little stupid, right? Like you can't you cannot overlook the the appeal that they might have of making Jeff Lurie look a little stupid. Like say they own a rival commercial studio, you know, and they want to make Jeff Lurie look stupid, and maybe that next time they go to shoot an ad for laundry detergent, they'll come to their studio instead of his. You know, you talk about stuff like that. Like I think that these owners are uh, rich guys that have like weird sort of petty kinds of ideas. I could see I could see Chip ending up at, at any number of destinations, and I even think that there's probably some like surprising ones. Like every year, you know, there's one or two jobs that comes on the market that's like surprising. You know, like would you be surprised if Lovey Smith got fired or something like that? So I I think that I think he will end up back in the NFL. And gun to my head, I'd have to say he ends up at Tennessee. It seems like it makes too much sense, but I wouldn't rule out somewhere some shit show like Miami or something like that. You know, to to come along and swoop him off his feet. Yeah, I could see him in Indianapolis, too. Uh, San Francisco's kind of been mentioned. That's one of the things that was kind of whispered along to me as well. And Jason Lockenford said something about that today. Kind of interesting that, you know, that changed their kind of perspective on everything when uh, when Jim Tomsula was fired. So um, a couple of questions in here. Asher checking in saying, is Unland a, a candidate for D.C. next year? Um, I don't know. I think, that's, I think that's the other part of it. It was... We had predicted that Unland would get way too much credit for how better the secondary was as versus the players that are in there. And it's but funny because he gets a lot of credit, and the secondary is not that much better. Yeah. So, uh, which which is interesting. But uh, what do you? Th- I I I don't think so. I think they're they're pretty much scrapping everything on the defensive side of the ball here. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, people talk about Unland doing a good job, and I guess Rose turned out looking pretty good, and Biggers had a pretty good year, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I would definitely fire. I would definitely fire at the minimum the inside linebackers coach. Uh, Jerry Azanaro is very, very clearly going to be walking out the door and not coming back because he and Chip are best friends since high school, I think. But um, I, I think that uh, if it were up to me, I'd probably keep. I mean, I would definitely, definitely keep Dave Fipp, you know. Yeah, for uh, sure. For sure. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I struggle to think of anybody else who I might keep. Um, but I would definitely keep Dave Fipp. And I don't think Dave Fipp is really in, the, in an effort, in a hurry to go anywhere either uh, because, like, he's not, like, gunning for a promotion, you know. He's not, like, some hot linebackers coach who's got defensive coordinator options. He's a special teams coordinator here. He could go and he could be a special teams coordinator somewhere else. Maybe somebody offers him an assistant head coaching job. Maybe that someone is us, you know. <laughs> but I think that Dave Fipp has done an outstanding job. Yeah. Of, of I mean, these special teams have been 
unbelievably good. Like we cannot overlook. Like I saw Dave Taub being uh, talked about a few days ago by uh, Alex Marvez, and I thought I sort of rolled my eyes and I looked, and he was the special teams coordinator for the Bears when they had Devin Hester doing all that good stuff. But I think Dave Phipp is every bit as good as that guy, um, and I, I just don't see any reason why he. I don't see any reason why he would leave because coaches hate to move. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't try to. They wouldn't keep him because he's extremely good at his job. Yeah, and people are mentioning Deuce, and this is something I talked to James off oh, air yeah, after we were done, and he's like, "That's what I mean. You're going to survive three different coaching changes here." I think that's a, that speaks a lot to him as a coach. And I, you know, we we mentioned the Rooney Rule and and everything there. I think it's I think it's obviously it is a little more with Deuce because he's tuned into what's been going on. He knows how he feels. Look, he was here when Andy was here, when Howie was here. That's an easy role to. Th- I, I actually, James and I actually think that he might end up being an offensive coordinator with whoever comes in, or maybe a bump in position coach, or what, or whatever it is. But I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think that's that's gonna be a, a strong, a strong, uh, you know. Uh, co- uh, I think he's staying no matter what, no matter who comes in here. Um, a couple Asher also checking in now. I guess. The the transition to a four three is happening. ESP is tweeting that the Eagles uh, offered Curry a new contract, which is interesting. I'm not exactly sure. Absolutely if, not. Uh, that that I I don't think that's so, what that means. Sorry, Ash, and it might still be true. All right, so don't kill me. Don't kill me anyway. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I'm sick of being killed. Um, but absolutely, there's no way that they know what kind of defensive scheme that they no. are going to run next year. None whatsoever. And if I'm Vinny Curry, I'm saying, all right, let me think about it, and I'm waiting to see who they hire. Absolutely. Because, I mean, if he, if he is indeed frustrated, and I have no idea if he is indeed frustrated or not. He looks like he, at times he doesn't have a frustrated bone in his body, but there's no, absolutely no way they know what defensive scheme they're running unless, and how about this, Asher? You, you force me to it, unless they keep Billy Davis. Whoa. Hey, now. <laughs> Which they won't. But, look, no. I, there's no way that they know <laughs> who, who's, <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of scheme they're running. None. So uh, I, I would definitely think that's jumping the gun there. Yeah, um, I, I do too. And I think they need, a, regardless of 4-3 or 3-4, you need Vinny Curry in there. Without a doubt. This is You don't know what year it's going to happen in the draft. Um, if you stay in a 3-4, you need an outside linebacker. Uh, <laughs> hearing 4-300 from my sources from Logoff, of course. Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, sure. uh, which is true too. I mean, they have that set up. They can do that. They can uh, float in between there. This team needs Vinny Curry regardless of what system you're running. They have no pass rushers other than Brandon Graham. So if you lose Vinny Curry, I mean, that really puts you in a bind there. Um, and you have to wait and see what the draft gets you uh, in in the uh, in the long run there. So I think absolutely that uh, Vinny Curry was going to get a contract offer no matter what. Now his services in the free – I mean, he's not going to sign that thing. I don't – I'd be, I would be 100% shocked if he signs that thing before March unless they're paying him an exorbitant amount of money. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, we're going to keep it kind of nice and light here. We're going to get heavy into the draft talk as we kind of move forward. And um, I don't know, any other final thoughts here, Matt, as, as far as the Eagles seizing, what you're looking for moving forward, and uh, anything else that you're thinking right now? Chip Kelly was like the walking dead. Uh, I I think that... You know, when that show started, I don't know how many of you guys watched that show. It's not that good. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> but, but the comics but, were better. I don't know about Which that either. True. But, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I never got into comics. Look, you want to talk about comics? Let's talk about comics. Um, so uh, it, it started off really strong. It started off like really good. It was very, very intriguing. And then it was not that good for like a while. 
you know, so they had like they had like a really good five or six episode stretch to start that seat that first season. And then, you know, a bunch of stuff happened. And then it was like two seasons in a row of just like bad stuff. And that was like, you know what? I'm stupid. I'm stupid for continuing to watch this. Uh, and I still sort of think about it. I still I'm, I'm still mad about all the time I spent trying to watch that show. But uh, I think that Chip <laughs> Kelly was the same way. You know, they really that that team really popped off for like a while there in 2013. And that was that was some incredible stuff to see. We saw like a no talent kind of guy with a shitty arm put up all those gaudy numbers and make all those crazy plays. And a lot of them were luck. And a lot of them, you know, was just uh, the Raiders. Going to the right place. Yeah, a lot of it was the Raiders <laughs> and, and, and stuff like that. But, like, you know, that was something, that whole offense, that Bears game, too. We, you know, we haven't seen Jesus, anything like yeah. that in, like, you know, maybe ever. I don't remember even in 2004 that stuff happening. You know, maybe the Mike Vick-Washington uh, game. But, but anyway, you know, then it was just, it was, it was been, it's been bad. And at some point, it starts being bad more than it's good. You know, and they always talk about, like, that's the time when you're supposed to get, like, a divorce, right? When it's, yeah. and so... So like that's it. That's what happened. Is that Lori called Je called Chip into his office and said, "Chip, I think it's time we got a divorce." You know, and it's the same way that I was just like, you know what, Walking Dead, and I took it off my DVR. It's just <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with it. So yeah, that's my Chip Kelly's like the Walking Dead talk. Yeah, I think there's. Uh, yeah, I would have gone. I maybe would have gone Mad Men. You know, all the accolades that came out in their first season that maybe completely yeah. died after. But yeah, I, here's what I'll say. Uh, I think that the Chip Kelly experience was really fun. Um, it wasn't a fad. It's not the fucking wildcat because you're still going to see it here. You're still going to see it uh, all across uh, the NFL, at least in some regards. I think the system still works. I think what his downfall was, was, of course, trusting his offense more than some of the players that were there and rolling into this season with somebody watching his back, uh, that being Howie Roseman. Um, and I said it this morning, and I'll probably say it again. This was set up for failure. Uh, I think I really do that this season was set up for failure um, and I didn't reala really realize that until now when you have a guy that comes in there and says you know when you don't when when Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman don't say no that's their job that's their responsibility to say no to have the balls to say you're not going to do that we can't allow you to do that because we're just not comfortable with it if you want to walk away from this you got to walk away from it that's the decision they should have made in January, not now, not in you know, not in game fifteen. They should have made that way beyond there. I think if the turmoil was, you know, any part of salvageable, he would still be here. It's not just the win losses thing. You're hearing people get upset about fucking cocktail parties for Christ's sake. You're hearing, you know, people get upset about about everything. The disconnect there. <laughs> I, I don't. I still don't understand that there is, you know, the the guy that you saw at Oregon. Was it, is it really that much of a disconnect in personality between what the guy was coming in here, the guy that was jumping on Jason Peters' back and having fun, the guy that was, you know, going crazy when Brandon Boykin picked off that, that uh, game-winning interception against Dallas in that first year? I don't know where the disconnect came from. I don't. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in January to hear that conversation because I still don't think we know exactly what's going on there. It might be all on chip, too. I might have this thing completely wrong, and Howie and Jeff were right. And Howie and Jeff were saying, you know, there, there could have been a whole big distraction of, look, we've heard a lot of different whispers of guys coming in and spying on the locker room and checking their pee samples. And, like, that's weirdo fucked up stuff that I understand as a player, if I was going to come into that locker room, I'd be like, what the hell? The whole thing with Jordan Matthews that was coming out this week and saying, 
don't spin the ball. You know, I, I don't know how much I'm going to put into, like, Chris Carter saying uh, saying that, especially when – I don't know if it was that against Arizona. Was he celebrating when they are getting their ass kicked? Yeah, I, Matthews actually clarified that after the game. Oh, did he? What did he say? He said that it was about the tempo, you know, which is all about what we figured, that Chip was mad that he was disrupting the tempo stuff with the celebrations and stuff. Yeah, so, you know, there you go. Uh, yeah. I, I just think that you're going to hear a lot of different stuff, and I don't know who's going to be right. I, re- I really don't. I just want to say that it was a fun about year and a half of watching yeah. a year. It was a yeah. fun year. Well, I, yeah. I'm, I'm including the special teams, and, yeah, I know there's a lot of, like, you know, crappy losses in there in between. But <laughs> I, I just think from now is I'm. it's not that – I'm I'm disappointed in what I mean. Obviously, I'm disappointed. This thing fucking sucks. Like I don't want to be looking for a head coach when Doug Marone is on the damn list of the top coaching candidates, according and to hey, like Dirk MMTV. Cutter. Yeah, Dirk Cutter too. Hey, yeah, let's get pumped. But yeah. um, I I, ju- <laughs> I just think that I do think that Chip Kelly is still a good, great, or excellent NFL football coach. I think there's a lot of things he's got to work out. I think that there is. Uh, you know, a lot of things that he has to learn moving forward, but I still think he's going to be in the NFL. And I am scared shitless of whatever, you know, whatever combo of GM and coach is going to come in here because it's going to be dull. Like, you know, that guy tweeted out to me earlier about <laughs> Spags and a whole bunch of other retreads and Sam Bradford, and that that scares me a little. You know, it's just like, oh, God, I don't want to turn into that NFL team either. I just want to meet somewhere in the middle. And I don't know if this regime is able to pull that off. But hopefully we will. I'm not going to, you know, just like Matt's saying, I'm not going to get mad at something that hasn't happened yet. It's going to be a long off season. It's going to be a lot of clicks, a lot of rumors, and a lot of sourcing. So with that being said, I want to thank everybody real quick uh, for not only listening to this episode, not only for listening to this on 97.5 The Fanatic. Ladies and gentlemen, you have crushed the record of the most listened podcast since we have been running. And that was episode number 139. 30,000 of you, over 30,000 of you streamed and listened to that thing, and over 1,000 of you downloaded that show. That is amazing, and I cannot thank you enough for all the support of where we've come this season and what we've done uh, is amazing. The fact that we are on Philadelphia radio every Sunday morning to, you know, have fun with you, be critical with you, and do all that stuff, thank you so much. Like, we definitely wouldn't be here without you. Uh, I am blown away by the support that we do. You know, the, even these shows live here on Mixler, on the website for Bleeding Green Nation. So here's what I, I want to say. Thank you to you. I want to say thank you to Matt, BLG, uh, Patrick Wall, Ben Natan, uh, James Zelter, the entire crew that come, uh, Sean Brace. Everybody this year has been fucking amazing. And no matter what happens with this Eagles team, I know that we will always be right here. You guys will always be listening. And I want to thank you for listening to this episode. BGN Radio, number 140, powered by Clip It. Go check it out, clipittv.com. Check out the app. For myself, John Barchard, for Matt Daring, this has been BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. Dirk Cutter.